0: I'm spiritually hungry, I need to satisfy this hunger. Like a hungry man, you can just tell him, forget about it, you're not hungry, it won't work. Because that gnawing in his stomach is ever-present and all the philosophy in the world is not gonna take that away. So our spiritual hunger is the same. It's not gonna go away, it's always there. That's why we're you know, so prone to come under the influence of lust because I'm hungry. I want satisfaction. I want peace. I want I want happiness, you see. Yeah. I want love, but it's all pseudo. It's all based on the body. And therefore, it, it doesn't satisfy me. And I'm even more hungry than before. A hungry man who eats a cardboard pizza is not going to be full. You know, his stomach might be full of cardboard, But it's not gonna give him the nourishment that he needs to satisfy his bodily requests for nutrition. You know? Yeah. So the spiritual hunger is gonna be there until I address it.
1: Hey there, whether you are new to Breaking Trail or just you've been with us for a while. I'm happy to have you along and I hope that we'll be able to to share some wisdom with you today and, and inspire you in this very, very essential topic of lust, because lust is really love upside down and isn't love what we all need and the most wonderful thing in the world. And, and lust is then equally detrimental and we're going to learn today and we're going to talk about how to turn that wonderful force of lust back into its natural state, into the correct way in <laughs> the direction of spiritual love so that's what we have coming up in this episode number 45 and good to be back you you said that you we the whole last talk we spoke about lust, and we never got to the quote that you were were we were actually thinking that we. Well, read. I was going
0: to read <laughs> read from the gems of wisdom. Uh-huh, exactly. There's a whole lot there exactly. about lust. Yeah. So that's where we're going, to the gems of wisdom. Yeah, lust. Terrible, terrible thing. Yeah
1: just as terrible as love is wonderful, yeah.
0: Well, it's the opposite, so yeah, equally. Equally as bad as love is good, yeah. So if lust is the all-devouring, sinful enemy of the world as described by Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, then love is the all-nourishing best friend in the world. So, that's what we talked a lot about, lust, so we won't go over a lot of the things we discussed, but but we will indirectly, because I want to read from a little booklet that our spiritual master uh, wrote some years ago, and there's many different topics in it, like sincerity, sense pleasure, forgiveness, humility, etc., and this is... The, the part of the book about lust. Right. It says, lust is a manifestation of inner spiritual hunger. So what this comes back to is our foundation that the truth is we're spirit souls. And therefore, we're spiritually hungry. So we tried to feed the body thinking that we're the body when it's actual spiritual hunger. So lust is a manifestation of inner spiritual hunger. The attempt to satisfy spiritual hunger in sense pleasure is due to ignorance. Meaning I'm ignorant of my true identity. I don't know who I am, but I'm experiencing this hunger but thinking I'm the body, I try to satisfy it in sense pleasure. Hmm. The development of pure, all-expansive love within the heart satisfies one's spiritual hunger. Now, remember, again, it's spiritual hunger we're talking about. It's not hunger of the body. But if I don't know that I'm spirit soul. I experience this hunger, and I have no other solution but to try to satisfy it with sense pleasure. But again, the development of pure, all expensive love within the heart satisfies one's spiritual hunger. <laughs> love counsels out lust. So, this is the cancel culture, right? but everybody's counseling out love with lust it can go both ways (laughs) so we've got it backwards as we always do due to ignorance so what we must understand is love counsels out lust so you know a few people might understand that lust is a bad thing. We talked about that on the last podcast. Most people think lust is a good thing. (laughs) It's the spice of life. It's the passion that makes it worth getting up in the morning and et cetera, et cetera. But the few people that understand lust is not a good thing, then the next question would be, well, what to do about it? And this is the answer. Love cancels out lust. But all expansive love in the heart, not just some sentimental, emotional attachment, because that's lust. That's not love. We're not talking about that. Hmm. Because that superficial, external love, based on the body and the sensual enjoyment, actually fuels the lust, and I think you gave the example with your fireplace last time, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> if you put in more mm-hmm. fuel into it, it's not going to burn any less by putting more fuel on it.
0: <laughs> right. It just yeah. increases the fire. Mm-hmm. When a person is under the influence of lust, there are many handmaidens that accompany that lust. The person does not only taste the bitterness of lust, but also those of jealousy, hatred, malice, etc. Yeah. Handmaidens of lust. And also Krishna, in his discussion of lust in Bhagavad Gita, says that it transforms into wrath. Yeah or anger. We talked about that. Talked one. about that. Mm. So the handmaidens are well let's let's go back just one tiny bit. They taste the bitterness of lust. See, most people illusion is lust tastes sweet. But as it describes again in Bhagavad Gita in the eighteenth chapter, that it starts out as nectar, but it ends up as poison.
2: Yeah.
0: So it's an illusion that lust is sweet, it's bitter. So they taste the bitterness of lust, but also the handmaidens are jealousy, hatred, malice, etc. The children of lust are frustration. And purposelessness. Wow. So when we're frustrated, and now more and more people actually express their feeling they have no purpose in life.
1: Then you can trace it back (laughs) to
0: Trace it back. It's the children of lust. Hmm. So it's so all interconnected and so unknown. This is this is the tragedy. It's unknown. Let's continue. As lust is transformed into its natural condition of spiritual love, the person begins to taste not just the sweet flavor of love, but also its handmaidens, such as kindness, patience, forgiveness, tolerance, humility, etc., So both have their handmaidens, but one is obviously (laughs) much better than the other, right? So listen to the handmaidens of love, kindness, patience, forgiveness, tolerance, humility, etc. And you could put in compassion and...
1: And uh, yeah,
0: all the good qualities,
1: and all of that is very similar to you know, we're having these concerts right now, and we have this song, uh, Love is Patient. It's it's from the Bible, you know, this quotation from the Bible. Oh, yeah, and it's funny because the the words you read are are very similar to what it says in the Bible. And you know, yeah, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, does not dishonor is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, rejoices with the truth, etc. Yeah, Rejoices yep. with the truth. Wow. Mm.
0: All handmaidens. Absolutely. Can you send me that quote? I, I tried to find it the other day and somehow as Google usually does, it gives it to you then one day and the next day it doesn't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you should just you should uh, start using brave instead. Brave? Brave.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I never heard. Yeah, it's all right. So there we go. Now let's continue. When a person tastes these qualities, he experiences real happiness. Taste these qualities. Remember, the taste of lust was bitter, but the taste of love and all these accompanying handmaiden qualities—that is the taste of real happiness. And that's the goal. That's what everybody's looking for.
1: But yeah, but that just—I'm—I'm I'm just thinking. You said that lust was, which—which which I remember also from Bhagavad Gita that lust is sweet in the sweet in the beginning. It seems sweet, but then it becomes bitter. So is that the nature with love? Then that it might taste bitter in the start and then it becomes sweet?
0: No, and actually in that same section of Bhagavad Gita in, the, in chapter eighteen. It describes that sometimes love, as it must well let's say it like this, the activities that are necessary to bring about real love mm. taste like poison in the beginning. Yeah I see. Mm. <laughs> but later, just transformed into nectar. see so you've got the opposite. Lust tastes like nectar in the beginning, and in the end, like poison. And love may seem so bitter because it doesn't come for free. You've got to do something. You've got to engage in a particular set of activities and lifestyle and so on. And it may seem like poison in the beginning, but in the end, it's that nectar which we're always anxious for. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's another point that people need to understand. You know how when you've you got some physical illness and they tell you to take this medicine and you might get worse, you might feel worse before you feel better? Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that. So we've got this, this disease of lust And the medicine is, you know, the chanting, the hearing, you know, controlling the mind, controlling the senses, et cetera, et cetera. And a person might think, well, that's like poison. (laughs) You know, you've got to give up some things and so on. All the things that fuel the disease, you have to, you know, understand this is bad. I must cease and desist here, Mm. and people say, oh, that's too much, that's poison. But those who do it, they actually experience in the end is the nectar of true happiness. And that's exactly what is being described here. When a person tastes these qualities, he's experiencing real happiness.
1: Mm. You just have to have a little bit of it just made me thought, think about this that you, you can't expect to have the satisfaction right there and then and the you know because you have to go through it even though it tastes a little bit bitter you have to have the, the determination of faith to go through with it and not just base your decisions on immediate sense gratification if you want to develop yeah. that love because that, that's not gonna
0: <laughs> right exactly you know I've been in the presence of a person who was addicted to heroin who went cold turkey. It actually took place in my house. Wow. (laughs) And it was ugly. I can tell you it was extremely ugly. Young girl, like 19, no, maybe 20, maybe, 18 to 22. But I saw the withdrawals that she had to experience to get out of that and it was so painful it was so horrible see but that's what happens when we're addicted to all of these things you know it's going to be painful getting out of it you know either mentally physically or both but after that when you get through that then the relief, you know, in her case, it was like, wow. You know, the, they call it the monkey. The monkey was off her back. Or the you're addicted, mm-hmm. the monkey's on your back. You know, and so, yeah. So, you know, that's just an intense example. So people that think that they can just immediately experience some euphoric love, you know, it just doesn't work like that. We spent lifetimes in this addiction cycle. You know, and so it's, it's not going to happen immediately. So back to the idea, you're going to get better before you get worse, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you yeah.
0: Or expect that, let's say expect that. It, it's different for every individual. Some people, you know, they're further along even though they're still under the control of lust. They're further down the road toward their ultimate recovery and it's not as intense, you know, in fact, it, it, it becomes, you know, much easier for them than it would be for somebody else yeah. that's in a much worse condition of addiction, so to speak. Yeah, so <clears throat> it's not over. <laughs> more no, it's more.
1: Well, wow, there's just older is so much to, wow, well, yeah.
0: Spiritual life means coming out of the influence of the current of lust and coming under the influence of the current of spiritual love. Coming out from under the current of lust and under the influence of the current of spiritual love. That's what spiritual life means. So we hear about spiritual life sometimes among esoteric groups or, you know, I'm on a spiritual path and whatever, you know, it's it's kind of like you know, trendy <laughs> to say those kinds of things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you're, you know, in the area of yoga where you might hear this a lot, you know, oh, this is so spiritual or whatever. Yeah. But this is what real spiritual life is, coming out from under the influence of the current of lust and coming under the influence of the current of spiritual love. That's spiritual life. Hmm. And,
1: uh, and, and and that's just, uh, it gives the feeling and the meaning of, that you're not doing it on your own in a way you you are placing yourself in a situation where you're easier carried by the the, the current of spiritual love it, it it doesn't say that you know you strive so hard so that you achieve the spiritual love like you do these different steps and you know but no you just what you do is like you place yourself in the correct position to receive that, to, to go along with the current of spiritual love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a, yeah. it's not that you're so great and so, you know, you have to, it's it's more, again, it's back to this mm. descending process. You're not ascending, you're trying to, trying to climb up on your own power, but you're receiving it. It's coming down. Yeah. Me.
0: the Descending
1: process.
0: Mm. You know, when you talk about a current. You know, you can think of two things. One, like an electric current, mm. and another is like a current of a raging river. Mm. Mm. And you get in that raging river, and it's you're going to go with that current.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and
0: uh, <laughs> I just I just saw a clip of a. You know, they obviously had some very big rains in Los Angeles, and there was some woman and her dog that somehow fell into this they have they have these irrigation, they're basically concrete rivers. It's where all the water that comes from, the hills and so on, goes down to the sea. And, and they're just big, wide, concrete, you know, passageways for water. Mm. <laughs> big ditch. <laughs> but they're big and they're deep and they're dry most of the year because L.A. is a desert. But, when they have these big rains, et cetera, some storm or whatever, then those things just become raging rivers. And somehow she and her dog fell in there. I don't know how. didn't explain. And she had already been rescued, but the dog was in, in this river going downstream. And all these people, I mean, it's in populated, you know, housing areas and everybody's out looking and screaming and some guy jumps in to try to save the dog and he gets swept down
2: oh. and the,
0: the rescue is there, the fire department and and so on. So anyway, one of the firemen, they roped him up and he jumped in and he ro- got in and got the dog and put him in a harness and the dog was trying to bite him because the dog didn't know what was going on. I mean, it's in a desperate situation. Anyway. It all ended good. The dog got saved. The guy that jumped in got saved, and the dog owner got saved. (sighs) But you could see there was no—they just were in this current, and they were just going. So that's like the current of lust. But if they were in a similar current of love, it would just take them down to where they want to be, ultimate spiritual happiness, you know. And uh, we have to have faith in the truth of these teachings, you know, because we don't know these things from experience. We know the current of lust, Mm. how it just sweeps us off our feet and takes us many places we don't want to go or shouldn't have gone and so on. But we, we really have little or no experience of the current of spiritual love. Yeah, it's true. So we have to have some faith that this is true, you know, that spiritual life actually takes us out of the influence of the current of lust. It rescues us, like the fireman rescued the dog, and places us in the current of spiritual love where that is real spiritual life and ultimate real happiness. So it does require some faith in the truth of these things, you know. And if we're the ever skeptic, then we never experience that. We just don't, you know. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. It says again in Bhagavad Gita that he who who doubts the revealed scriptures will have neither experience happiness in this life nor the next.
2: Mm.
0: So, again, if we are just the doubter that's determined to doubt, you know, then it's it's not a good future for us. So what we're reading here is true. Mm. And we should understand that the truth that it explains about lust and the things we talked about last—need is never satisfied. It burns. It's whatever, whatever. Well, that's true. Anybody that's honest can actually know. Yeah, that's true. You see. So if that's true, why not the the truth about spiritual love? Why couldn't that be true also?
1: Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Because we don't have any direct experience of that. Well, we have that of lust. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, let's continue. We're only a little over half finished. <laughs>
1: really? Wow. Mm-hmm. But but it's I was saintly... just... No, huh, maybe ahead. you can... <laughs> no, I, I just... I, I, what... Because you said place oneself under the influence of spiritual love instead of lust. And it just made me think maybe that's like a a, a nice way to practically give... like what what are the things that you do then to place yourself under that stream instead of the other one uh just to make that clear to people who because it sounds cool but you know but what does it mean to place yourself under like what's (laughs) what does that entail
0: well if you are familiar at all anybody's familiar with a real yoga system not just popular trendy yoga activities that we have now so popular in the world, but a real yoga system, it always says that one must, must, to be successful, control the senses, control the mind, control the intelligence, and you control them by knowing the truths and applying them. So in the bhakti-yoga process, there's nine processes. We're not going to go through all of them. But the first three, which are the most important, and we've talked about this before, hearing. So hearing these truths. Bhagavad Gita is the essence of all Vedic teachings. So in Bhagavad Gita, it explains all these things. Like you and I both are often referring back to Bhagavad Gita. You know, why? Because that's where the knowledge is. That's where the information is. So hearing, we need to hear these truths like we're hearing right now. We've got to hear who we are. See, lust is what? It's, It's based on ignorance. I'm spiritually hungry. I need to satisfy this hunger. Like a hungry man, you can just tell him, forget about it, you're not hungry. It won't work. Because that gnawing in his stomach is ever-present and all the philosophy in the world is not going to take that away. Just ignore it all, oh, don't worry about it, you know, think positive, you're full. It's not going to work. He needs to satisfy that with food. So our spiritual hunger is the same. It's not going to go away. It's always there. That's why we're, you know, so prone to come under the influence of lust because I'm hungry. I want satisfaction, I want peace, I want, I want happiness, you see, yeah. I want love, but it's all pseudo, it's all based on the body, and therefore it, it doesn't satisfy me, and I'm even more hungry than before. A hungry man who eats a cardboard pizza is not gonna be full. You know, his stomach might be full of cardboard, but it's not going to give him the nourishment that he needs to satisfy his bodily requests for nutrition, you know. Yeah. So the spiritual hunger is going to be there until I address it. So the hearing is number one, hearing about all this, and then chanting, chanting the mantras. That is the food, you know. You know you're hungry, you got to go where the food is. This is the spiritual food, and you've got to do it on a regular basis. You know if you chant once in your life one mantra that's amazing, and it will eternally change your life. But to really get that fullness, that satisfaction, you've got to continuously eat and eat in. you know this Vedic. Knowledge, practice, all of this is like a feast for the soul,
2: Hmm.
0: (laughs) but you can't eat it all at one time. Hmm. You know, if a person's been in a starved condition for a long period of time, they can't sit down and eat very much because their stomach has shrunk. If they eat, you know, very much, it'll make them nauseous. They'll actually become sick. So... It's like that with our, you know, spiritual feast. We have a little bit at the time, a little bit, a little more, a little more. It nourishes me. I become more healthy. And now I can accommodate more. I can appreciate more. I can understand more. And my spiritual hunger is going down, 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 Mm. you know. So the chanting, the hearing, the chanting, and the remembering, those are the three. And if I apply that on a regular basis and at the same time incorporate some of the rules, okay, these activities will put you under the influence of lust, see, either passion or ignorance, you know, then don't do those or refrain from those, restrict those, diminish those until you can give them up, you know, like the heroin addict has to go. You know, at a little bit at a time. It, very few people can can live through the cold turkey like this girl I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just can't do it. It's too it's too much. It's too difficult. Mm-hmm. But reduce, reduce. If that's what it takes for you, if you can go cold turkey, fine. It'll be much quicker. <laughs> you can get through it and move on. But a lot of people can't see, and so they like to drag it out. You know, forever, which doesn't really get them anywhere, right? You know, right. but anyway, that's that's the next point. You gotta, you gotta understand what keeps me under this influence of lust, and try to not do that, and what will place me under the influence of love, and do that. So there's do's and don'ts, right? And that's required. That's just a requirement. And so, if a person's serious then they will will do that. They will appreciate it. And one thing that helps greatly is association. If you're around people who are already doing that, it's easy for you to do it. See, if you're alone or around the people that are doing the things that are going to only keep you under the influence of lust, it's going to be very difficult. So again, part of the process is association, you know, support, you know, all these rehabilitation programs like Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, you know, very successful programs for addiction. They have a sponsor. When you go in, you get a sponsor. And that sponsor is someone who's already been through it. He's, you know, now you know, clean for however long he is, the longer the better, Mm. and he's your mentor, and that is the person that takes you under his wing and, you know, helps you, Mm. that's your association. Mm. No, no, man, don't do it, Mm. you know? I have a friend who's a sponsor in Alcoholics Anonymous, Mm. and he, you know, will have somebody that he's sponsoring, and... That person will call him when he's having a hard time. And he's, man, I really want to go to the bar. I really feel like going and have a beer. Don't do that. No, I'm coming to your house right now. You know, I'm coming to see you. We're going to go for a walk or whatever. You see, that's that's the kind of hands-on, you know, association that we need.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, but this guy who called, my friend, was you know, serious enough to make the call rather than just going and doing it. Yeah. See, so it takes the work on both sides, you know. So anyway, these are some of the ideas that the bhakti yoga system not only promotes but offers. And and if you want to do these things, it is readily available. And, of course, the ultimate sponsor is the spiritual master. He's telling us how to do it what to do, how to do it, encouraging us. And then, you know, if we've met someone who's, you know, under his influence that's, you know, already, you know, experiencing, you know, an advanced stage of success, then that person can help us too, mm. you see. So it's a, it's teamwork. And behind all of this is the Supreme Lord in our heart that's helping us. He knows what we want. He knows what we're trying to do. So he's also giving us strength. He's giving us courage. He's giving us vision and understanding and so on so we can become successful. So like you said just shortly ago, we're not in this alone.
1: No. I was just going to say we're, we have a lot of support. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We've got a lot of support, you know. So yeah let's let's just continue yeah. this because this is so amazing yeah the saintly person appears let me let me okay again the saintly person appears to spread the current of spiritual love. he appears means he comes into this world, he comes into our life, you know, and his purpose is to spread the current of spiritual love. That's his mission. That's why he's among us. See, The saintly person appears to spread the current of spiritual love. Let us jump into that current so that we can be carried away by it. Back to the river, jump in, you know, don't be afraid. It's, it's a good river, <laughs> but dangerous. It's a life saving river, not a life threatening river. See. So ultimately that's what we have to see. The spiritual master spreading this current of love is a life saving river of love. Don't be afraid, jump in. You know. Yeah. You know, there's a saying, okay, man, I'm all in. You've heard that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So somebody's talking about, hey, let's go do something, and you say, I'm all in. Well, when the spiritual master says do something, that's perfect. Yeah, I'm in. I'm all in. <sighs> you know? That's that's absolutely the best, you know. If you if, if a person can do it, of course, you know, not everybody can. But understanding, let us jump into that current so that we can be carried away by it. How do we come under the influence of the current of spiritual love? By hearing and chanting transcendental sound.
1: That just answers the question I just had as well. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, so exactly what I said. Hearing and chanting, the two major activities in the bhakti yoga process. Hearing and chanting transcendental sound. On the other hand, by hearing mundane sound vibrations, our consciousness becomes bound by the current of lust. Now, there you go. You've got to control the senses, the ears. What are we listening to? What are we hearing? Where are we placing ourselves? that's going to affect my consciousness? What am I seeing? What am I hearing? What am I tasting? All that. You see? Yeah. It's gonna affect me.
1: And and isn't it saying in the Bhagavad Gita that the senses and the mind are the sitting places of this lust? Like it's all also like just stimulating the senses in that way triggers the lust. Just yeah. you know. Looking Krishna
0: at says, the, the senses, the mind and the intelligence, intelligence. are the sitting places of lust. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, <laughs> if you're going to defeat the enemy, the first thing you need to know is where the enemy is. Hmm. Isn't that what all the quote in the military, the intel is? Oh, we have intel that the enemy is here, is doing this, et cetera, et cetera. And we're hearing a lot about that right now, Yeah, you know, on all this conflict story. We have intel that this is going on. Well. Krishna has given us the intel. Where is the enemy? Intelligence, mind, and senses. So that's where they are. And Krishna also says, and we must curb the enemy at the root, at the very beginning. See, this, this influence comes in, we must curb it. We must wish it, you know. Like one little division of the military enemy comes, and you can knock it out easy, but if you wait till the whole army comes, it's too late,
2: <laughs>
0: you know. So this is, this is this, the how, you know, the, the process works. By hearing enchanting transcendental sound, one comes under the influence of the current of spiritual love. On the other hand, by hearing mundane sound vibrations, our consciousness becomes bound by the current of lust. All material desires are rooted in lust. All material desires are rooted in lust. Because there's only two categories of desire, material desire and spiritual desire. Hmm. So desire is going to be there. And some people think to be successful, you must have no desire, it's impossible. Because the nature of the soul is to desire. I want. See, that's eternal. But when they're material desires, I want to control the world. I want to enjoy my senses in this way. I want to exploit. I want to be happy, you know, in all these material ways of achievement. See, that's material desires, all rooted in lust. I'm the enjoyer. That's what lust is. I am the enjoyer. Uh, So, uh, again, all material desires are rooted in lust. This lust is a blazing fire that no amount of sense gratification can extinguish. There you go. This lust is a blazing fire that no amount of sense gratification can extinguish. Back to your example mm-hmm. last week. Mm. <laughs> Throw wood in the fire. It doesn't go out. Mm. Now, here's an example with the fire that, that, that we can also relate to. If you put a lot of wood on the fire, it seems to go out. It kind of like whoosh, it almost <laughs> smothers the fire. yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you just wait, it burns hotter than before. So when we go out and satisfy our senses, oh, I have a big sex desire, and we go out and have some giant orgy kind of story. You know, it seems like, okay, that has gone. Mm. But what happens after a little while? It comes back hotter than before you see and and we've just fueled it
1: and 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 one of the things from my experience from before you know obviously i had such experiences which i think is even there's even people writing about this like how do psychologists try to solve this how to solve the problem of the purposelessness that you feel after you've had your orgasm you know and and it's like (laughs) that was just mentioned as one of the handmaidens of lust is purposelessness yeah
0: yeah. There you go.
1: <laughs> that that comes along with the lust is you feel purposelessness.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a big subject that needs to be understood thoroughly. Mm-hmm. So it is one more sentence. Mm-hmm. The fire of lust, however, can be put out by the cooling waters of love for God. Yeah. That's The solution, and that's the only solution. There's not another solution. The fire of lust, however, can be put out by the cooling waters of love for God. Yeah. Love is cool, love is nourishing, love is. And and there's only one spiritual love, and that's love for God. Mm. It's not like a variety of different spiritual loves. There's only one spiritual love, and that's love for God. It takes many forms, mm. and, you know, it's all expansive. It can extend to your friends, your neighbors, your wife, your children, and, and all hum- all humanity, all living entities. It's still love for God, mm. you know. The saintly person who appears to spread this current of love for God loves everybody. He's not selective. I love you because you're a family member, but I don't <laughs> like you because you're in the family that we have a feud with. Yeah, exactly. You know. He loves everybody. He doesn't have enemies. Mm. There are people who act as the enemy against him, but he doesn't see them as the enemy. Exactly.
1: Even the people who don't agree or who don't want to serve God, who don't see that as soul, he that's not he's not you know, feel no, doesn't he
0: just sees them mm. a soul in trouble. Mm. You know, a soul that's looking for the same thing that everybody else is, mm. you know, and needs love for God like everybody, all living entities. See, he sees with equal vision. Oh. And therefore he can actually Respond to their needs, without getting all involved in. Oh, this is my enemy. This is my friend. This is my. You know, whatever. See all this, basic. You know, division that keeps people apart. See? And that's the 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 real solution to problems in the in the world today.
1: Yeah, exactly. And even this is something that I'd like to just come back to in another episode but because I found some f- quote in a purport by Bhaktivedanta Swami and Srimad Bhagavatam where he said that uh is if like if speculators or those who just cultivate knowledge they Gyanis also maintain a desire to become one with the Supreme, again, which is very popular in today. And this is a big discussion that we could maybe take one day to become one with the Supreme, become merged in the ocean. He says such a desire uh, is also considered to be kama or lust. I just thought that was, wow. Yeah. Because he said one has to desire the Supreme in order not to be entangled in inferior desires, because one can give up inferior desires when engaged in superior desires so and then but then he says to become one with the supreme in that way is also considered to be lust but again that's where we don't have to go there today i just wanted to plant that seed there and we can
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah this this subject is a big subject and it's huge it's so important yeah i mean we're all struggling with this (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true.
0: <laughs> you know, unless a person's on the pure platform of pure spiritual love, he's got to deal with lust. You know? And like we've said so often, we've been in this material world for innumerable lifetimes, since time immemorable, and being polluted and covered and you know contaminated and influenced and so on and, and and you just don't pop out of that in a moment. Mm. Yeah. So it's a, It's a big project but it's the only project worth pursuing. Yeah. Really. I mean if you think about it on the absolute level, it's the only worthwhile project. So I guess our time's up, Ruben. I think it
1: is. I think it is. We could talk and talk, but I guess it's time to have our chanting.
0: Let's uh, let's end with our kirtan. Yeah. Transcendental sound. Exactly. Yeah. I I, I just was thinking just now, just a moment, that when we read what we read today and similar things like you read from uh, Srimad Bhagavatam and so on, you can understand that the author of this knows the subject. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, maybe he knows, maybe he does. He knows the subject. So that should give us also faith. This guy knows what he's talking about. Exactly. I mean, you can experience that. So, yeah. Anyway, that just came to my mind. All right, everyone. The mantra is the same. Goranga. Haribo. Goranga. Goranga.
3: Go oh, oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. oh, oh,
0: Transcendental sound, jump in.
1: <laughs> jump into the river of the cooling river of
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's Spiritual. It. Yeah. <laughs> well thank you very much for listening, everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Watching, listening, whatever you prefer.
1: Yeah, it's good to have you. Good to have anyone here who's here. You know, we appreciate you. We're not you know, it's it's not about we know that in our podcast we're probably not gonna get huge numbers, but so we appreciate every single soul who's lending our ears to us during this time and you know <laughs> just perhaps mm-hmm. applying a bit of this and that's wonderful. Anyone yeah. anyone who has you know.
0: And certainly don't forget to share the link and yeah. also you know, if you like it, give us a like and subscribe
1: yeah yeah you can leave us a review on the apple podcasts or or a comment on youtube that's a great good thing you know so that you can encourage others to also listen
0: yeah yeah we appreciate your comments yeah yeah all right ruben nice to be with you again today
1: good to be with you back again it's been a while so
0: yeah. Good yeah. luck on your project. And, thank
1: uh,
0: you. High ball to everybody.
1: The, uh, Lynn specifically told me to to tell uh, to to say high from everybody here before the podcast, so I have to. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. We thank Slava for his expertise and our and singers always good backup.
1: <laughs> and thank you, Balakilas thank you
0: <laughs> namaste Haribol.
1: Haribol. <laughs> see you soon don't forget to check out breakingtrail.podcast on instagram you will find a lot of inspirational quotes, videos short clips etc etc we try to post something almost every day uh, you know you can also follow us on facebook to to stay updated and to you know between in between the episodes that we release so yeah uh, and share the link, share, share this with anyone you think might benefit from it. And always remember to stay true to yourself and dare to break trail.